0: Welcome to Inner Wild, I'm Autumn. And I'm Phil. And today's episode is about triggers. Uh, Triggering our... What triggers our shifts?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Triggering, shifting, basically things that cause you to go, or rather us and some listeners, to go into um, various types of shifts, because Mm -hmm. outside things do influence that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Before that, we've got... um, you know, we've got to talk about our previous week, you know, our experiences, and we have some announcements we'd like to make first.
0: Yeah, they're really exciting. All right,
1: so we started a Patreon last week um, to help cut some costs, because we kind of don't have a ton, and SoundCloud is not free. Nope. So, you can find our Patreon, um, patreon.com slash wild and we've got some cool things on there we're going to be updating goals we'll be adding new tiers and more content for our patreon followers Ah. (laughs) so that's a start that's really it was just
0: genius you you just came up with this in like days and i'm like i don't know you're like i'm like this is great these are great ideas Yeah, it's it's a lot of
1: fun, and you'll see a little bit in this. We already have some fantastic feedback from our Patreon followers. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. We also started a Facebook group because everyone has Facebook.
0: Facebook, I'm so cool. I'm famous now. (laughs) (laughs) Famous on Facebook. Yeah, right. uh,
1: (laughs) That's at facebook.com slash innerwildpodcast. So find us there, check out the pages, and it's just another way to talk to us and communicate with us.
0: Yeah, I mean, we love art, share art, share photos.
1: Share experiences, stories. You'll see some experiences and stories we're going to share from a couple of places today. I'm Um,
0: excited.
1: And that's really it for the really big announcements. Mm -hmm. Um, We also... We also talked about what's going to happen in the next few weeks. And it's going to be great. I mm-hmm. almost
0: ate the mic there. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. That foam is good.
1: But um, <laughs> let's see. We've got our Shifting Triggers one that's coming out this weekend. Or today, rather.
0: Well, we're recording this today. And then by the time this you guys can, can listen, it will be this weekend. Yes.
1: So, yes. You're hearing to this. To
0: clarify. Th-
1: <laughs> yep um we're the next one in the, the future
0: f- future i know that's
1: so weird <laughs> hello future people
0: i'm loopy because i was working and i'm really tired now <laughs> from the end of the day it uh, happens
1: <sighs> um at the end of may we're going to have a meditation that autumn wrote
0: yes i did um this is something i i felt was Hopefully something, pe- well, I'm hoping people will like it, and I'm excited about it.
1: I am too. Like, that's something that I know you've been itching to do, and you enjoy yeah, doing the meditation. I needed
0: something creative to do, and uh, and I thought, you know what? It's out there if there happens to be some people, and this is a specific one. that's you know, it's a different one than the forest one. Mm-hmm. So uh, What is it? Oh, uh, this one is for all you bird people out there. Birds Bird. Flying things, flying creatures <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So that's a good one yeah. um, And then The first week in June uh, We have our first Patreon vote They voted Woo! For an episode talking about Furries, how furries relate to Therians And how the two communities Sort of view each other yeah. And I'm super excited Because I've talked to the hosts of Furcast and they've decided, and we've talked together, we've decided that it'd be great to go and interview them, and we're going to sit in on their show, I too. I am
0: so excited. I've never been on another person's podcast. <laughs> and, I would not do myself. And this is a big so. one. They've got thousands yeah. of listeners. So this is kind of an honor. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to connect like that, and we get to travel, and... Mm-hmm.
1: Well, only about an hour away. Still!
0: <laughs> we get to leave our town. And
1: That's true. And I, you know
0: how I am. Yeah, you get stir-crazy yeah. <laughs>
1: So we're gonna have that for the first week in June And then um, we're doing the interview before then But in the third weekend in June We are having, um, we're gonna be hosting first, oh. an episode um, On an interview with Lycan Theory from the Therian Guide Forums
0: That's good, I
1: see And we're He's going to give a little bit of his insight into Therianthropy and what's happened with him. Mm. And we are also going to be talking about parenting as a non-human, mm. um, like is mm. a parent. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So that's the next few episodes. We've got some awesome stuff. You can already see the Patreon has influenced some of our things. So join in on that. And, it's um, growing. Yeah. So that's pretty much most of what's going on for current events other than our experiences. That was a lot. For experiences in the past week or so, I told Autumn about this last week, Mm. but um, I was at work and I was really getting into the zone and doing my things and... I do that. I sort of tap into the wolf mentality side and hyper-focus on what I'm doing. I do one thing, I shift my focus to another thing, and then I do that to completion. Then I shift to another thing, and it's... I consider like akin to hunting. Like You're paying attention and you catalog everything, but you're focused on something specific. And Mm. I really got into the zone, then I had an issue and I had to go call an engineer to fix some equipment, Mm. and I couldn't talk. Like, I got on the phone and I called, and they tried to ask what the problem is, but I had a phantom muzzle at this point. I'd gotten wow. so much into it that I developed like phantom ears and a muzzle, and I didn't know <sighs> until I'm trying to talk and I'm just kind of like mumbling and stumbling over my words. And, <laughs> and, yeah, <but> it's <laughs> 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 and they were. <laughs>
0: And they were Where's concerned. Where's the dog? <laughs> There's no dogs here.
1: And they were concerned for a little bit, but uh, just basically told them, My mouth is dry, it's hard to talk.
0: They're concerned? Like what do they say? They're like, Are you alright? <laughs> Are you okay? Because
1: I couldn't articulate what I was trying to say. Oh. <laughs> and um other than that, today I get a super strong phantom shift. I'm walking into work from my break. And like this blast of warm wind and oh, smells yes. hit me in the face and sort of like pushed pushed down both sides of my muzzle and pushed my ears back and I just felt it in my face fur and it was awesome.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really have a strong sense of that, even though the weather, I don't know. We've done a lot because we were rock wall climbing. We also, well, it's part of my birthday present. Mm-hmm. We also, oh one, we also went, let's see, because... I don't know. I didn't write any of this down. But, rock
1: climbing. We went to the park. Yes,
0: and I was like sore for almost a week. And I'm like, ouch, ouch. Like everything <laughs> hurt, but it was worth it. It was great. Um, then Sunday we went to see all the. We went for a hike in, at the park and mm-hmm. like with the ponds and there was frogs and we and we heard owls, two barred owls. I know this because I, I I had a hobby for a while in ornithology, studying birds and identifying them by their sounds. So. But no, no, I have a recording of these owls. I'm gonna let you guys hear it. I'm um, gonna put those in. Had my phone out and whipped it out. It was a already recording, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a treat to hear these birds. <laughs>
1: Was there anything else in the past week that really stands out past two weeks
0: um as far as for shifting mm-hmm. um like i have to think back on the last two or any weeks. any therian
1: experience
0: i had a, i had a thing last night i could dream i, I still i sort of count that as a shift in some ways yeah well there are dream shifts yeah i don't have them very much but i'm starting to get them again a little bit and last night i had one where i was lying um under this like boughs of a like a pine tree in this woods and there was a stick and I think you were there but you were you were your human self and you didn't want me picking up this one twig and I was kind of mad about that <laughs> and I was still trying though like pick it up so I could play but you were saying no not that one not that one and I was and I couldn't talk as I was a wolf so but I didn't understand. If I tried anyway, I think I did succeed in the end. I just picked it up and you just let me do it. <laughs> I don't really, it's really stupid. And I don't even know. And then I had some other dream I don't remember. But I remember that was the first one I had when I fell asleep last night. <laughs> and it was so clear. So uh, it made me feel good that I was still having dreams like that. It's like, oh, good. Like, these are still happening. Mm-hmm. So
1: it is a good refresher, especially if you count on them and then they're not there. Then yeah, you get a the, reminder that they are. It's a comfort.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm still, this still is a real thing. Cause they're, you know, so it just happened without me trying to make it happen or think real hard on it. Mm-hmm. It just took me there. My mind went and made this, this place. I don't know. And it so, felt good, right? Yeah, yeah. It felt great. So, <laughs> and with
1: that, we're gonna start talking about the meat.
0: The meat. The meat
1: so this week's episode is shifting triggers and by that we mean um, something that sort of sets you off whether it be voluntary involuntary there are some things that just happen that affect you that cause you to shift in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. Um, i know for me it's very tied in my phantom shifts are very tied into my surroundings um i can't a whiff of something, some like wind hits me in the face. I'm outside. Like being in nature affects my phantom shifts a lot. Yeah. Uh, My mental shifts are more about what I'm doing. So Mm -hmm. if I'm doing something that requires a ton of focus, um, I guess I've sort of trained myself to like tap into the hunter focus and like hyper focus on something. Yeah. But um, that's about what I'm doing. And those are really the, two biggest things for me um sometimes being around someone like you that shifts at times like that'll oh. get me more on the uh, mental side of things and i don't oh. experience full mental shifts like yeah, most no, people you, you don't um i on a sliding scale from human to wolf and i just sort of slide down the scale more toward the wolf side but um, i consider that like i consider that like what most people would consider a mental shift. I just become more wolf than human, yeah. even though it's always there.
0: I mean, I don't know. Since I've known you, have you gone full wolf recently? or I mean, no. it's been a while, but...
1: It has been a while since I've gone full wolf, and that's something that, um...
0: Is there a reason? There's a reason for that, right?
1: I think it's more that because I'm in a city and self-conscious about things, mm-hmm. um that my human just is always there as an oversight just yeah. to make sure things don't get too crazy.
0: Even if you found a place that you felt safe, but you haven't really found a place like that. Yeah. To do it privately or whatever. Right. That's yeah. something
1: that, um, it's, a big thing. it's, it's the humans always just sort of there keeping an eye on things. And I don't feel like that's a detractment for me. Um, I can go full wolf at times, but that's very rare and hasn't happened in a few years. Um, I don't think that, it is a detractment because it seems like because I'm always mentally part wolf, there mm-hmm. isn't such a need to express all of it.
0: Yeah. I've kind of had that before, but that was a couple of years ago when I was going through a lot of, uh, like more psychological stuff. I think it was trying to protect me mm-hmm. somehow human, like tr- protect my human side as well. But I, I don't really have that anymore since I've, you know, worked through a lot of issues, but like now mm-hmm. it's just human or, Pretty much full on mental. <laughs> it's like one or the other, n- not a lot in the middle. I I was always hoping to integrate that myself, but mm-hmm. I just can't. Right, you've got a so, switch. Yeah. You've got a
1: switch that's wolf human, wolf human. There is no middle. It's yeah. just one or the other. And I
0: always thought, well, there must be a way to somehow bring that in, but I don't know of a way for me. So, mm-hmm.
1: I know for me, it took basically years of meditation and deliberately connecting to the wolf side on a daily basis, and I feel like. I've broken down that separation and it's sort of integrated very much.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I guess I got a lot more meditation to do.
1: <laughs> and um, that's that's kind of how my triggers work for the most part. Um, physical things that happen to me affect the phantom shifts like winds, being outside, um, but when I'm physically doing something instead of something happening to me like that, it's mm-hmm. more on the mental side of things. I haven't really experienced a dream shift in a while. Um, astral shifting. I don't really astral project like I used to or pay oh, attention wow. to that side I of know things. don't do
0: that. <laughs>
1: Conditioning and practice.
0: <laughs> I kind of tried, but I wasn't—I didn't practice it enough to get anywhere. I literally yeah. didn't get anywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah. And those are my triggers. Um, what about for you?
0: Oh, um, yeah. I mean... It is out, outdoors, which is a big one, which is the first time I think that's the biggest association I had when I first awakened as a Ther- Therian. Um, I'd say, yeah, um, well, I tend to be very drawn in by night, night smells, especially at summer or spring or early fall. Um, I notice after dark, those that really pulls me into wanting to shift. It seems easier, I think because I'm more relaxed, too. Um, so anything mostly like if I'm in like, not really, not necessarily the city, like in the city, it's harder cause there's more smells masking the more natural things like trees or grass smells. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, you know, I grew up in the country, so I always felt, well, even around here, there's, there's, a, there are a lot of trees and there is more greenery and so you can catch those smells and they lift off the ground, you know, when things settle, especially when it rains the humidity oh the rain Mm -hmm. um i just i just feel wild i can't explain it it's this primitive feeling and sometimes (laughs) i don't give into it because i can't in certain situations but when the blossoms start coming out all those things like make me want to go crazy and just be free just shift yeah um and i have in different ways like i can i can kind of do a partial shift sometimes just walking you know like as a person but like my body maybe it's sort of like the phantom but not as strong as yours but Mm -hmm. i feel like i've had those times where i felt parts of my body were like that so i can do that kind of partially um let's see what else i don't know i have a mix of things i have positive shifting triggers and there's negative ones there's quite a slew of them um like uh chasing things really excites me like if someone had a ball <laughs> i want to i want to play and i won't want to play like a person i want to run and chase like well maybe you can say it's like a cat but it's not really like my my little kid nephew we were playing ball like rolling across the floor a couple i don't know it was like two years ago and he started laughing at me because i didn't realize i was kind of like pouncing on it every time he'd roll it like and it would get out of bounds from my <laughs> line on the carpet or whatever i don't know we had like this carpet as our like boundary between the kitchen and and he's like you're like a dog when you catch the ball and he sounded he felt kind of embarrassed i think he's at the age he was like six or seven so i think he felt embarrassed to say that to me but i actually found it kind of complimentary and we had a good relationship (laughs) anyway so i didn't really care and i just kept doing it i was still able to interact like a person and talk i wasn't completely shifted but i was part maybe just like half Mm -hmm. definitely um but I I I remember that and I I felt really happy about that and it made me happy and then, um oh chicken bones, <laughs> oh, anything yes. with bones even if it's pork bones I want to lick them and like I can't chew them they're way too hard, but chicken bones are my big thing. Not every kind of chicken bone I can actually chew because it is just too hard mm. and dangerous to swallow because they're splintery. And,
1: and I've seen this, but to <laughs> me
0: it's like I can't stand
1: chicken cartilage. I know. So like this one chomping on chicken bones and breaking them up is just like. It almost, like, nauseates me. I just can't do that. Uh, we do have some feedback from Patreon Patreon supporters, our patrons. Um, there's Blue Wolf that says, Greetings again, Autumn and Fell. <laughs> I would say, The most consistent trigger for myself is a smell and physical contact. Living Cedar is a very natural location, which can help ease a mental shift. Also, native stone and the ability to perch on it, like outcroppings. Hmm. Um, And contact with that, preferably direct skin or thin-soled footwear, with regards to phantom, usually stress and alerts, which simply complicate the existing stress of the situation one finds oneself in. Hmm. Interesting. So that, definitely, being out in nature is fantastic for all of that.
0: Yeah, I love being under the pines at the park and just laying in the needles like on a really warm like 75 degree day mm-hmm. where they're all sun warmed and I just shift. Actually, that happened to me once and I couldn't stop the shift and all these people came and it was really scary because <laughs> I'd never been around strangers doing that and they were just like walking around me looking at me and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they didn't bother me. I was scared they were going to like talk to me like a person, but they actually left and I was like... And then I. And then after the shift I returned to my senses and realized, like, I was so lucky. Like, it was such a deep shift. Mm -hmm. It could have been so much worse. Um, But,
1: yeah. Building on this and about alerts, that's something I didn't think about, but I've noticed that I do do it. Um, If I'm walking around, because honestly, Rochester is not the safest city everywhere. Um, If I'm walking around somewhere and I feel a little sketched out, um, I've definitely had people ask and comment if i've been in the military because Mm -hmm. i walk with a very straight posture Mm -hmm. and i'm paying attention to everything yeah so my head's on a swivel my head is up and i'm looking around and i feel like that that ties in with like the hyper focus and the hunter focus if i'm alert and aware of something then i do get very what's the word how do i say this um attentive to detail Mm -hmm. like i observe very observant and i don't really think much i just look listen smell react and i'm in that like fight or flight response yeah there that kicks in and i'm not really thinking i'm just paying attention and yeah basically responding to stimuli
0: yeah i've pretty much experienced that like all the time now that now that i've been you know, traveling on my own more and just being really careful about my safety. But I, I feel like I've become more like into that. I don't know. I I've seen. I tend to go back into that primal sense, mm-hmm. like more. And I don't have any visual stimuli except like some light and no colors. So there's really not a lot distracting me. So I feel like that's become more and more part of me over the years. Um, But yeah, like other triggers, you t- you told me that thunderstorms yeah, thunderstorms. Might, we can't forget that.
1: No. Um, thunderstorms are big for me. I mean, that pretty much, that's about the closest I'd, I'll ever get to Full I Wolf, just, I think. I
0: just don't get it. Well, I'm terrified of them because i experience I had when I was a little kid, but.
1: See, I'm the other <laughs> way around. I think for me, it's because I grew up in the woods and at my parents' mm. house, there's this big series of power lines that go up and over the hill. Scary. And
0: <laughs> Electric storm. Anyone that knows what power
1: lines are, know that it's clear cut. But this is at the top of a mountain, cool. and you can see for 20 or 30 miles um, in the valley. So that means you could probably see 50 or 60 miles above the mountaintops. Mm-hmm. So... I'd go out there on thunderstorms and just hang around the power lines and watch and enjoy okay. and love it. Driving rain, the lightning, thunder. You're suicidal. And <laughs> up well, no. What's what's more likely to get hit by lightning? A 300 foot tall metal spire standing straight up or a six foot tall me? <laughs>
0: okay, okay. The spire. <laughs>
1: so I won't
0: be up there with you. It, you can do your rain dance. I'm sure it probably is
1: very dangerous, but I enjoyed it. And even now, like thunderstorms, if one rolls in and I I'm at home, I'm like glued to the window and bouncing around and excited and I love it. Thunderstorms are amazing.
0: See, I just want to like, my wolf is like, under the table, back there, in the closet, like in the hallway where there's no windows and like I I will go into a shift and just like hide if it's really bad and (laughs) curl up and just be a big baby about it till it's pretty much done. Which is like the whole 30 minutes of my life I could be doing something else. I can't, it's so irrational and you know... It's ridiculous. So I mean I know why it is. It's just we had a lot of lightning strikes where I used to live as a very young child and I've tried to recondition myself and I I've never been able to get over it. Even small storms. Well, and you, if I'm outside it's even worse.
1: Well you lived on a big bare hill and it was hitting the ground everywhere, wasn't it?
0: Um well no, where I used when I was a child where I lived before we lived upstate, it was in New Jersey. And there was a lot of minerals in the ground, mm-hmm. and I, I remember we lived in a ranch house with a lot of woods around, and we were a little bit on a hill. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think it was a real big hill though. Um, but the lightning would strike the ground a lot. And we had skylights, so you could. And it, it came at night during a drought, a summer of drought, and th- it was loud. And and as a two year old or whatever I was, you know, however old I was. Oh, gotcha. I mean, I was. I thought they came every. I thought they. Oh, I don't know. It was only like a couple nights in a row, but that's all it took. And I was ruined for the rest of my life. So, I don't know. So, I remember it very well. But yeah. So, um, but now, now being a theory and like that part of me is like, oh no, scary storm, you know, run, hide. It's, it's you assimilated know. that. And you, yeah, you show the flight response to that. Mm-hmm. And I, so, yeah that's what that is that's more of a negative trigger for me to, mm-hmm. to want to shift um
1: it's it's funny that we have the same trigger know. but with two totally different yeah, out- outcomes it's
0: psychology that's <laughs> <laughs> it conditioning is.
1: um it's pretty basic we have another submission from yami howard that's also on our patreon um hi ottoman fell i'm a wolf therian and my strongest triggers are sounds mm. for an obvious example um dog's Make me want to howl too. Oh, yeah. It usually triggers a mental shift, but sometimes a phantom shift can come with it. Honestly, dogs in general tend to trigger mental shifts for me. Mm -hmm. If stress or great happiness is also involved, a phantom shift might happen too. Fear, extreme emotions, seeing other canids, certain prey critters, especially when they're acting scared. That's how I generalize my shifting triggers. Also, I have some places that I consider safe for shifts, so my normal resistance to them is lowered. For instance, my husband knows all about it, so I don't restrain myself around him. So when he does something that would normally elicit a wolfish re- reaction from me, but we're at work, the trigger is likely to get the best of me, and I may let the
0: reaction out. Oh. So mm-hmm. that's... I've I've been there before, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, dogs. Uh, sometimes I'll want to bark back, but sometimes I will restrain because mm-hmm. it's late at night and there's neighbors. <laughs> I yeah. mean, wolves don't really bark, but you know... It's just sometimes it's still there in me. Sometimes it just feels right to do that, or I'll howl Mm -hmm. at moments like that.
1: Yeah, I I used to, like, I would do this just for fun. It wasn't really a trigger, but, um, I got an unusual amount of fun taunting the coyotes at my parents' house. <gasps>
0: oh, coyotes, coyotes, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: It was fun to go, you know, call out and pick on them and they'd start like yeah, help. Yeah. they'd start like yipping and barking back and mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. That definitely got me excited. I wouldn't call it like a shift or a shifting trigger. I
0: know I do. But
1: I got an unusual mm-hmm. amount of fun out of that.
0: Oh, we had lots of packs. Like we had a big pack where we lived and I was out there all the time howling and it would I would be in a shift right, right away and We'd have a conversation back and forth, you know, <laughs> and when and uh, yeah, there were some amazing times. So
1: yeah, and it's it's nice that you bring up. Uh, i, I would
0: be so excited. Oh. My yeah. mother's terrified. She's like, "They're so creepy." I'm like, "They're exciting." Are you kidding me? My heart is pounding, <laughs> like with excitement when they run through the field.
1: Yeah, they're they're quiet, nice little creatures. Like yeah. they're they're not terribly loud compared to some things in the mm-hmm. woods. Yeah, but um, for example, turkeys. <laughs> when it's turkey season oh, they're yeah. all over the place and they make a ton of noise oh, gosh, yeah. coyotes are mostly at night mm-hmm. in sparsely populated areas yeah and they're really not that big of a problem at all. no
0: no you know what is my my not my mother doesn't know much about wildlife and my sisters kept calling them werewolves because they <laughs> don't i don't know what they were thinking
1: um i thought it was neat that yami howard brought up um some places And shifting and certain Mm -hmm. triggers that happen in safe places and and not safe places or by certain people because that's definitely something that is a thing. You have um, like a psychological attachment or correlation between a given place that Mm -hmm. you feel is safe and your mental state. So when something happens in one place... As compared to happening in another place, it may be a trigger in one place because you feel safer there, more comfortable there.
0: Yeah. So I'm very careful not to let myself shift at work, which is, you know, it can be stressful or whatever Mm -hmm. at times. And I don't know. So I have to constantly just really work on resisting that and finding other ways to deal. But Mm -hmm. it is hard. But at home, I know I'm free to do that. Like here in my my apartment and not at my sister's she doesn't know really about that and i wouldn't do that in front of anybody mm-hmm. in the family that can be hard but well you were telling me because she's know. in the country so it's even more like tempting right but you, know? you were
1: telling me before that you don't really experience the urge that much you're there no, it's like because the wolf side I, because i condition it more bed.
0: right and that's that was just part of, it, it was so hard though maybe eight years ago it was almost impossible so mm-hmm. like it was painful to be around in in the house in the country where I was living at the time for a while with my sister. So Mm -hmm. I don't live there anymore, but when I visit, you know,
1: and that was like conditioning and getting used to that.
0: So uh, yeah, so it's possible. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So yeah, you can sort of train yourself by restraining yourself or allowing yourself to let go a little bit in some places, Mm -hmm. in certain circumstances. Um, and that's something that just takes time and repetition and really making, um, a mental connection or disconnect and actively yeah. doing that. That's not really something that you can just will to happen once. You no. have to like you, you consistently gotta,
0: do it. Yeah, and then you build a around that and, you know.
1: To, to the point where it's a subconscious thing.
0: Yeah, and you don't have to like work so hard against it. It's possible. Some people might say, oh, I can't. It's the full moon. <laughs> it's like, no, the moon does not trigger. Well, some people say the moon triggers them, but I used to believe that too. But um, it's not really true for me either. But that's like, like
1: an association. That's yeah. That's like me and thunderstorms. It's a lore. I have a good it's association with owners. that. It's real thing. On like a yeah. wolfish side. So that's good for me. And it brings it out. Not everyone's going to have that reaction to a thunderstorm. You have a totally different reaction mm-hmm. to a thunderstorm.
0: Yeah. And for a while, the moon was not... Well, it's not a good story. I don't want to talk about it, but um, but yeah, like I just don't have that. Like it's not like, you know, the moon itself. Like I believe the moon. I mean, while we're in that, like because we are, we made have water in our bodies. Like I believe in all that tide, ocean stuff, and how the the moon like pulls the water. You know, like we are like the water in our bodies, like the tide, mm-hmm. and so I think there is some connection. To, I mean, it's it's probably really small though, mm-hmm. where people feel more energized and wild or whatever.
1: Um, For me, when it comes to like moonlight and night stuff, it's mostly about um, being able to see and the clarity of like, that's a hundred percent visual thing for me. Mm, Yeah. Um, Not for me. Right. And that's something that, um, yeah, it's just, I'm out at night and everything is, you know, it's, it's still visible at night and there's a totally different set of creatures that are out and active and, Mm. It's just being in a different environment than I normally am. And it feels more active and alert to me. I'm sure when you go outside at night in like the forest or the woods, you hear everything and you get a totally different reaction out of being in the woods at night than during the day. Oh
0: God, it's been so long since I've been in the woods at night. Well, we're going camping, so you'll get it. Yes! (laughs) I'm I'm so looking forward to that, so...
1: I think for me, that's about most of the different types of triggers that I have. Um, some things are involuntary, and for apparently no reason whatsoever, some type of stimuli might cause something to happen. And they're so sporadic and random, there isn't really any correlation. It's just my head goes there.
0: Oh, yeah? Like there and... things are in the...
1: Well, just randomly. It's not even... Oh, stuff you just don't even think about and remember half the time. Right. It's just stuff that doesn't happen frequently enough to have a correlation to it. It's just like, um, I may, um, for example, I may catch a specific smell Mm. and I immediately turn my head and go,
0: what's that? Yeah. You know,
1: and it just like draws my attention to it and like the wolf mentality like pokes up through the background and goes,
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, and just really short lived things like that that catch my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. You know, I don't really have anything else that I could say as a consistent trigger.
0: Yeah, no, I gave you most of my most common ones, and other ones I don't really remember too well. So mm-hmm. it's always new ones popping up here and there. But those are the biggest ones I noticed the most. So, yeah. That's um, quite a bit, though.
1: I think that's most of it for the meat yeah um,
0: thanks everybody for writing and we would love to hear more people with their yeah. with their stuff so
1: yeah, thanks everybody for that. That's awesome
0: and that That's finishes so all the meat
1: um Patreon's already making a difference.
0: It's good the different stories yeah
1: and um yeah, than thank
0: you so much for the whoever you are. you know who you are mm-hmm. donating and it's really well appreciated thank you so much now do you want to ask a question for people to give us feedback for
1: for the next episode that we can read out answers
0: do i want to ask a question yeah wait what how about this what do you want me to say how about this i've got a question i don't know what you're asking
1: all of you listeners out there if you have a moment just shoot us this quick little response and answer this question what is your favorite weather whether it be rain sun Wind, thunderstorms, lightning, snowstorms. What's your favorite weather? Oh, you didn't tell me. And about this no, I didn't. I just thought of it. Oh. Um tell us what your favorite weather is, and any weather that triggers any sort of shift in you. We asked someone. To, I asked someone to give us a little bit of information if they'd like to have like um like to share some of their story, and this person. Um, she wrote this long, involved, and very informational um, response. Yeah, it's really thoughtful. I'm just going to basically read it, and we'll stop here and there to discuss a little bit of it. Um, I go by the pseudonym Amelia Nightside. I am in my late 20s. I began in a social networking group of vampires between the ages of 13 and 14, learning about them and hoping to be an advocate, if nothing else. However, the information there applied, though I denied it. I met a few Therians in that group, one I recall identifying as a lynx, and again, I was just curious and thought of advocacy. I asked mostly of their experiences, and after a year or two, I asked for resources and decided to branch out my education to something less anecdotal. I found the Otherkin Alliance forums, joined a few NING groups and additional vampire groups, I read, asked questions, and I learned. I always felt like a wolf, so the information there clicked, but I didn't think this was special or needed its own label. I couldn't accept that the label applied to me, and I struggled pinning down exactly what I was. Wolf wasn't all of it, but it was always the most clear. During the time, I experienced a myriad of regular regular cameo shifts, so I considered the possibility of a polymorph. A cameo shift is basically a shift that you experience that doesn't necessarily align with a theriotype. I also felt felid. All of my felid shifts, dream, phantom, sensory, and mental, felt more natural than the other cameo shifts. I couldn't pinpoint a specific species, though. Between the ages of 16 and 20, I was likely an energy vampire, likely wolf therian, and maybe polymorph with something felid and wings. I found a YouTube video shared by a controversial member of the Therian Otherkin communities where I was first introduced to the term clado feline. Mm, cool. Her description fit. I did further research, and by 22, I had settled on pranic vampire, energy vampire, wolf, and clado feline, which means that they don't identify with a specific subspecies, just general felines.
0: I'm and unrelated I'm so tired. phantom wings. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. So thank you so much for that detailed message. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot. That's a lot. That's yep, a lot to terminology.
1: about exploring her. Um, she does have more in here um, about coming out to family and their thoughts on the Therian Otherkin community. Mm-hmm. Um, Amelia came out to their to their sister, and the sister claimed to be a dragon incarnate of sorts, but did not keep it for too long. Um, the brother was too familiar with role-playing, so threatened to harm me if I ever frenzied. Ah. Within the last decade, perhaps less, I feel like the community or communities has become more scattered, more muddied, and less clear and cut. Definitions that were once understood and accepted are now being morphed and changed by newcomers who don't want to learn, but would prefer molding a label around themselves instead of finding one that already fits. It's a bit sad, disheartening, I suppose. Tumblr has really hurt the community, in my opinion, and the loss of the other Ken Alliance forums as a resource hurt, too. And... I can I can agree with a lot of that. There's definitely, when I was on the wear list, there were very clear-cut terms and definitions. You were either otherkin or therian. There was no crossover. And yeah. everyone had a specific thing that fit to them. Yeah. And it was very clean and very clear-cut. Yeah. Um, a lot of what goes on nowadays, it seems like it's very, like you said, muddy. There's a lot of crossover, and it's not as clear-cut and defined.
0: I'm re-entering into the community more um, since launching this podcast, actually, cause as I was away from it for years, like, not being online active. I just left it. I continued to be Therian and practice that in my own way alone, but I noticed now there's all these new terms, and I'm like, whoa, this is overwhelming, and yeah. So, but you know, that 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 is evolution, and otherwise it would be stagnant. I mean, it's like a language, you know... And there, there is room time. for evolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not... It, it's going to be like that. And I think it's going to change probably... You I, know, we're going to see... You know, as the, as the years goes on, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe some things will still be fixed. But maybe there will be things that will still be fluid, you know. I see
1: a lot of that muddiness in younger communities. Communities that have a younger average age. I feel like it used to be that there were only a few younger people and then a bunch of older people. So the older people were more serious and sort of kept it in check. And nowadays with you have nine, 10, 11, 12 year olds, middle schoolers, high schoolers, like ruling these social networks. And that seems to be the vast majority of what you see is these proliferous things from teenagers and kids. And not that, All teenagers and kids are bad, but because so much is changing so fast with so many of them and they want to fit in, they go, yes, I am this. And they jump on it and they change it and they claim things. And and then fast. Some stay, which is great, but plenty of others don't. And then they change things and alter meanings and then they bounce out of the community and they take off. And um, I think that really leaves a lot of mess for other people to clean up, and makes it difficult.
0: Yeah, I mean now that, unlike it was like, I don't know, even fifteen years ago, like younger people, you know, you know, twelve year olds, whatever, have access, to, or you know, to social media in all forms, and so YouTube mm-hmm. and all that, so it can everything just spreads so quickly and. It's harder now to contain that, and it, the influences are going to be greater and mm-hmm. hit harder and on younger minds like that for that reason. Right. So.
1: And so, yeah. Thank you, Amelia. That is yeah. awesome. That's good insight. Uh, thank you, Blue Wolf and Yami, for yeah. your for your insight into the Therian triggers mm-hmm. and your contributions on Patreon. You're awesome. Um, Dust Wolf from Therian Guide is also a Patreon supporter. They are. Only three right now, but thank you Uh, very much, guys. we just put it up, so. Yeah, and keep an eye on all of our social media because we're going to keep you updated on new goals, on new rewards for tiers. And um, that's the bulk of this episode, and thank you so much, everybody, for listening to us.
0: Yeah, we appreciate it.
1: So send us our feedback, questions, stories. Um, You can shoot us a line on Twitter, at inner underscore wild.
0: And you can email us at innerwildpodcast at gmail.com.
1: You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash
0: innerwild. And if that's not enough, you can subscribe to us on a lot of different platforms now for our podcasts and meditations. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Uh, We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. Check out Stitcher. It's awesome. hmm. Um, We're also on iTunes, Google Play Music in the podcast section. And you can find us on our direct RSS link.
0: Yeah. So we'll, we're, (laughs) I gotta wrap this up. Mm -hmm. I'm so so tired.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening creatures. And you have a beautiful, fantastic spring.
0: Yep. And we'll be back in a few weeks. So that's it for this episode. All you creatures now go outside and enjoy the spring. Get some sunshine in your fur and your feathers on your scales. I, I don't really know. I, I happen to like it on my fur, it makes it nice and shiny and warm and, oh, anyway. Um, so while we are doing that, I have to thank Fel Grey for his help on today's episode as well, and for Rotten Coil for letting us use his opening theme music, uh, found at freesound.org, and the closing theme for what you're hearing under my voice now, played by Seed Padman and mixed by Lucky Little Raven from freesound.org. Every Everything else was mixed and edited by me as well, including today's show. And get ready for our next show, which is dropping on the 19th of May. That will be a meditation, so get ready and get relaxed. I hope you enjoy it. I know I enjoyed making that. Okay, creatures, that's it. So in the meantime, thanks for listening and stay wild.